What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Now... Please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page, by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right, on today's show, we've got Elliot Knopp. He writes for us here at the Viking Age, and I'm happy to to have him here and, and pick his brain about the Vikings. So just welcome to the show, Elliot. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. Oh, uh, <laughs> pleasure is mine. Um, all right, so first things first, the biggest news of the week relating to the Vikings was that Daniil Hunter and the Vikings have agreed to a reworked deal, and Hunter is now back with the team during their mini camp this week. Uh, he's not participating, but he is there. We've seen video footage of him standing on the sidelines uh, in his practice jersey or whatever. So, um, Hunter, I'm not sure you're aware, but Hunter didn't even get a raise this year. The, ba- the Vikings basically just took about $5 million out of his current base salary and gave it to him all right now in the form of a signing bonus. Now, Hunter has the opportunity to earn around $20 million in 2022, but Minnesota will also have the opportunity part, to part ways with him before an $18 million roster bonus becomes official on the fifth day of the league year in 2022. All right, so it really couldn't have worked out any better for the Vikings, but my question to you, Elliot, is are you surprised that Hunter maybe agreed to this sort of deal instead of maybe holding out longer for something that would have increased his pay both this year and next year? Not really. Just because the way you look at it, when you're coming off of something as serious as like the neck injury that he had that took him out for most of the year, you don't really have a whole lot of leverage when you're at the bargaining table, especially if you're like, hey, I'm going to be holding out because no one knows what you look like after the surgery. No one knows how you can still compete at that level that you were once at, right? So I think this for him was a smart move. It obviously did a lot for Vikings fans as you could kind of feel the collective breath, just, you know, release from everybody's Mm -hmm. bodies. But uh, yeah, no, I think this was a smart move on his part. Yeah, I think so. I I think I wrote like maybe a day before uh, he did all this stuff happen. Like if Daniel Hunter wants, you know, to to get what he wants or or close to what he wants, he should come to minicamp because like you said, the Vikings haven't seen him you know, since he's, you know, said he's fully recovered, they need to, they would probably like to look at him, his neck or whatever, and, and see how he is uh, before they agree to give him more money because that just, they're a, they're a billion dollar uh, business. They're not going to, that's not a smart investment for them to invest in someone who might not be able to be the same player that he was before his neck injury. So I think it was a smart decision, yes, on his part. And then, the Vikings once again figured out a way to, you know, possibly be able to get out of his deal next year if things don't go well. So, 
as much as it seemed like Hunter was going to just hold out until he got like 25 million a year or whatever. Yeah. I think he was just like, you know what? I just, I probably just want to play football, earn the money I can get right now. And then, um, we'll take it from there. But, um, with Hunter back, do you think the Vikings should still attempt to sign maybe a veteran free agent defensive end before the start of the season? That's kind of what I was leaning towards when I first saw the Sheldon Richardson signing that I'm, we might talk about later. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, my fir- that was my first initial reaction. I was like, hey, we have a lot of defensive tackles, but we still need an edge rusher on the other side because none of the other guys have really demonstrated an ability to be in that position and help lead the pass rush right so the daniel hunter signing while it does answer a lot of questions and you know make a little bit easier heading into the season that side of the line if if it's not always sheldon richardson is going to be a little bit of a concern for sure yeah i think i don't know what their plans are for richardson because i've seen things thrown out maybe they do a hybrid three four with bar and and Hunter on the outside, and they've got, and they'll have the three defensive tackles on the inside, which I think would be just interesting at all, just to see how that goes. I think it would be uh, scary for opposing offensive lines, but I don't know how long that could work for. And um, just with the Richardson signing, it seems like he's okay with being in a backup role. He's getting, a, he's getting paid a pretty good amount to be a, a backup. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if they want to sign uh, an edge rusher at this point. I've, I've, talk to some people and they think that at this point if you're going to sign an edge rusher they better be coming in to start um because why are you going to bring someone to take reps away from some of your younger guys like tj wanham or even steven weatherly or whatever like why are you going to bring someone in like that maybe even for a year and then kind of stunt their development when you could just give them reps and maybe work them up into something like daniel hunter became or, or everson griffin so I'm leaning towards not. I wouldn't be surprised if they do the way that they've just been bringing in people on on cheap deals. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that, but I don't really think. I'd rather I'd rather see them go after a third, like a third receiver. Uh, well, they did just draft Patrick Jones the second. Right? They did too. So yeah, you're right. That yeah. would be a really nice thing to see him emerge and take that position, and then just you know leave no doubt for everyone. And the other kid from from Florida State, uh, Janorius or Janarius Robinson. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, they got him too. So yeah, I think they'll, they'll probably focus on the younger guys instead of bringing a veteran in. Uh, but you did mention the other big news this week, which is the return of Sheldon Richardson. Uh, this kind of came out of nowhere on Monday. Um, and then on Tuesday, the Vikings officially announced that he is back. Richardson's deal with the Vikings is reportedly just one year, but it could pay him up to $4.35 million with incentives. So, Elliot, just what were some of your thoughts when this news came out? Because I think we we're all like reacting to being super happy that Daniel Hunter's back, and then we see this pop up. I think it was Jack Day of, of KFAN and the Vikings Wire who first uh, reported it. Um, so what were your, some of your thoughts when you, you saw all this happening? Yeah, of course. My initial reaction was, yeah, another defensive lineman. And as you mentioned, it did it did seemingly come out of nowhere because I was like, while that would be cool, we do have two really yeah. highly touted defensive linemen already. And it's just I was like, does it really make sense to sign him as like a third kind of guy there? And, you know, 
just seeing with the way that they have approached it now and they're like, oh yeah, well, we could be doing this and we could be doing that. I'm like, you know, it is nice to have him back. And especially in a rotation where, you know, if, um, if someone does go down, which we're obviously hoping doesn't happen, mm-hmm. then it's a little less concerning for sure. Cause we still have two really big beefy guys up there. Yeah. I don't think they have a ton of depth behind Dalvin Tomlinson and Michael Pierce. And at the same time, those two guys are not, I know they're in probably peak shape um, as their football player, they're professional athletes and they have to be, but at the same time, they're, they're bigger dudes. So they're going to need some breathers um, a little more than maybe some other guys. So Richardson is a, is a great person to have to throw in there, switch things up a little bit. And then even he can fill in when, if one of those guys is hurt, start a couple games, you know, and then you don't, you don't really miss a beat with him in there. So I really like it. I'm just surprised that he came back. Um, I thought he would try and go start somewhere, but obviously he wasn't getting any probably offers anywhere to do that. Or if he was, it wasn't going to be worth him, you know, worth the amount of money that he was being offered. So I'm, I'm happy to have him back on the, on the Vikings for sure. Um, but are you fine with the Vikings maybe spending a pretty good chunk of change on Richardson, even though he's probably not going to start, uh, very much next season or should, should they have just used that money maybe somewhere else? I think they still have a little bit of money left, right? Yeah, so it's like, you know what? The My biggest did like look at the cap space is it's like, it's not there to say, oh, well, we still have this much cap space. It's there to be spent, right? Yeah. So if you're going to spend it on someone like Richardson, who even though he may not be starting, can still help out in a rotational role or whatever they have planned for him, I think it is money well spent, especially when, like you said, there isn't that much depth at the position after the first starting two, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm more than happy with the signing. I still think that yeah, wide receiver three could be addressed, but yep. you know, if they want to give young guys a shot, then that's the way they want to do it. Yeah, maybe some more maybe a little bit more depth on the offensive line. Can never really have enough of that with the with especially with the Vikings, uh, whenever they're concerned. But speaking of spending money, the Vikings ended up spending a bunch in free agency this year. I think before free agency started, we're like, Oh man, the Vikings aren't gonna have a lot of money. Maybe they'll get like a couple decent guys. They ended up getting Dalvin Tomlinson, Patrick Peterson, Xavier Woods, Mackenzie Alexander, Bashad Breland, and now Sheldon Richardson. So they they did pretty well. Uh, which new addition from free agency are you most excited about? And then which one do you think will make the biggest impact next season? I think my answer is going to be the same guy okay. for okay. both of them. And it's Patrick Peterson. I know yep. he's slowed down at his age that he's at right now. And he's, uh, he's coming over here, but he's going to be a big leader for this past, uh, this past defense here. And obviously it was really an experience last year. I think you had mentioned in one of the articles before that the, the defensive back core had like nine collective starts yeah, on yeah. defense. And I was like, man, so <laughs> now it's like having something. someone like Peterson coming in to take over and, you know, show, show them the ropes a little bit more and teach them some techniques. That'll be really good and help them out quite a bit. And uh, yeah, it's nice to have a leader like that in the secondary once again to go, you know, help out Harrison Smith. And he's motivated. He's, he's, you know, people are, he, he hears the whispers of people saying that, you know, he's past being good in the league and, you know, the Cardinals, didn't need him or whatever. So he's, he's out to prove people wrong. And, and I'm sure Mike Zimmer loves to have someone like that, uh, on his defense, especially a cornerback that he can just like put out there and put in a great position who can help the young guys, uh, put them in the right spots. So I, I like Patrick Peterson. I trying to think, I feel like, I feel like Xavier Woods is going to 
come out of maybe under the radar. I don't think a lot of people are talking about him. I did hear Peterson the other day say that he's one of the guys that kind of impressed him uh, during their OTA. So I found that kind of significant. Um, so I, let's let's keep an eye on Xavier Woods, see how he, he does, because you know next to Harrison Smith, uh, that always seems to make everyone look a little better than maybe maybe they are. Uh, Andrew Sandejo. Um So we'll see we'll see how that goes. But um, so after this week's news involving Hunter and Richardson. What are your realist, realistic expectations for the Vikings next season? With the way they're approaching it and uh, with what's going on in Green Bay over there with uh, Ro- old Raj over there. Wait, what's happening? I, I, haven't, I haven't heard anything about it. Oh, you know, he's just just doesn't really <laughs> want to show up. He's just he's tired of it. He'd rather That's too play bad. Ball. That's too yeah. bad. Eh, you know, it happens sometimes. But, uh <laughs> Yeah, I think with the way that things are shaken out over there and uh, the way that they've attacked the defense, and this is one of the most impressive hauls that they've had in the offseason, and this defense is yeah. one of the most impressive in recent memory on paper so far. We'll see when the season starts. So I think it isn't too much to say that a deep playoff run should be expected. Like They should be ready to fire away. I mean, every time you go into the NFL season, you want to compete, you want to win. That's the goal, right? And with the roster and the shape that it's in and, you know, a lot of uncertainty with one of the uh, best teams in the division here, I think they should be ready to start shooting as far as they can. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because obviously there's the the 17-game season now. So you have that extra game. Um, And then you have the the seven teams in the playoffs now. I don't know if we're, we're officially used to that yet or not um and then you know in the nfc there's what the bucks and maybe the packers if rogers is back like that because breeze is gone from the saints no one in the nfc east is really going to be that threatening maybe the washington football team but who's their quarterback yeah Uh, no one's worried about the lions yeah no one's worried about the (laughs) lions it could be taylor heineke i I, I heard that the other day that he's uh Mm -hmm. looking pretty good in there uh, former Vikings quarterback who put his foot through glass a long time ago. He did uh, well in that playoff game. He too, did. He did. Really impressive. He did. Um, you got them, and then you got what? No one's worried about. I don't think anyone's worried about the Falcons. Matt You're going to have to worry about the 49ers if Jimmy G's back up to shape and that defense is doing what it is. I mean, the secondary's obviously mm-hmm. lost Sherman, but they still have quite the pass rush that you know can cause problems for defenses. Um, always, always the Seahawks. We always. Worry about them. They always seem to be in the mix. Um, and I'm I'm curious about the Rams because of Matthew Stafford out there. And then I think they lost their defensive coordinator. So that'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. I just think the Vikings, it's very wide open, which makes me think that the Vikings are in a good position. The Vikings are not being really picked by anyone to do much of anything next season, which seems to be whenever they do well. Uh, if you go back to like 98 and, and 2017 or whatever, like no, no one was picking the Vikings and, and mm-hmm. those guys, but they, they came out of nowhere. And whenever they seem to have expectations where people are like, oh, they're going to the Super Bowl, then they just fall flat on their face. So they seem to do better when they're under, under the radar. Mike Zimmer seems to do better when he's, you know, feels like he's got something to prove or his back's against the wall. But yeah, I think they can contend in the NFC. I think they can win at least one playoff game hopefully get to you know an nfc championship game but i i really feel like in the in the nfl these days with the only the one team getting the bye i feel like that that is just a huge advantage to have in the playoffs so i feel like unless they're able to get that one seed 
it's going to be hard to get to the Super Bowl just just for any team just because you get that extra week of rest you get to play at home it's just it seems difficult although did the Bucks beat the Packers on the road last year who was the number one seed were the pa- I feel like the Packers the Packers were the number one yeah, seed and they lost because the home. Buccaneers didn't have a great regular right, season they did in, enough right. to get in of course yeah. but yeah yeah but the Chiefs obviously the Chiefs I feel like they were the the one seed so they had they had the buy and that that seemed to help them out mm-hmm. but uh, yeah I'm I feel excited about the Vikings I don't I don't think this is you know maybe I can't speak for you but this isn't like a pious thing like cuz I'll I'll be the first one to be like no they're not going to be good um but they've added a lot on defense the offense still we like no one's talking about the offense because they've done so much on defense. They still have Dalvin Cook and, and Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith Jr. is supposed to be doing things. You know, they added to the offensive line, Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins, like mm-hmm. this team's got a lot of weapons. And then you think about things that mess it up, like kickers. You know, yeah. Like and that's another thing this year, too. <laughs> oh my goodness. But speaking of that, so the excitement level for the potential of the Vikings, you know, it seems to be very high at this point from a lot of people. But aside from injuries, you know, what is something that you think could prevent the Vikings from succeeding next season? I don't have many worries about Clint Kubiak, but just the fact that we gonna, we're going to keep switching offensive mm-hmm. coordinators, what feels like it might be almost every season, right? So it's... I think it's the, it's, fifth, the fifth guy in six years or, or six and seven, something like that. Yeah, exactly. I know Kirk Cousins has been switching coordinators yeah. pretty much since he entered the league. So it's, yeah, it, it's, I mean, that could, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not a big concern about it, but it, it could play a factor, yeah. of course. Um, yeah, I mean, the kicking game is something I do worry about, though, because oh, Greg Joseph going in with him, I was like, we're praying on you, buddy. We're hoping for the best here. They still have the, I feel like they brought in an undrafted rookie and he's still on the roster. I know they just released the rookie punter they they just brought in, but um, they still have the kicker on the roster. So that'll be interesting to see if maybe the, the rookie can come out. And then I'm like, do we really want a rookie kicker again after what happened with Daniel Carlson a couple couple years ago and Zimmer, you know, just like breathing fire you know, staring, staring like, and it was soul and everything after you missed those kicks in, in Green Bay. Do we really want to have another rookie? Um, so yeah, the always the kicking game worries me. I think we all we always have to worry about the offensive line, no matter how much we think they've improved with with Derisaw and, and Wyatt Davis. It's just it's got to be a concern because it's just it's been a like an Achilles heel of of Rick Spielman since he's been with the Vikings. It seems like he's never been able to put together an offensive line that's able to one like stay together or just have a solid season. I think 2017 was probably the best season they had. And that probably had a lot to do with Case Keenum being able to get away from a lot of people. Um, But yeah, there's, there's a lot to be excited about the Vikings. So I think the, the, the glass is half full with more people than, than it is, you know, maybe half empty. Um, but if you're a Vikings fan, I can understand the the other the other side as well because it's just yeah. we're used to that. Um, the last thing I want to go over with you is a super fun topic, uh, and that is the fact that we found out on on Tuesday that neither Adam Thielen, Harrison Smith, or Sheldon Richardson, and today we found out. Well, we didn't find out. He didn't admit it, but it, it's it seems like probably the case. 
Um, the, neither of them have had any shots of any of the COVID vaccines that are available. This doesn't mean that they won't get vaccinated. Um, and, you know, even if, even if they don't, they're adults, that's their choice. Um, but at the same time, the rules for them are much different than, you know, any other Vikings players who have already received the vaccine. So Danifar released an updated version of the rules today, but here's some of the things where, like, that's going to impact them. So unvaccinated players still have to be tested daily, even during the team's bye week. So they have to come back. They can't, like, go on vacation or anything. They have to come back to the facilities every day to get tested. They still have to wear a mask at the team's facilities if they're exposed to the virus. They have to quarantine if you're exposed and you're vaccinated, you don't have to quarantine. Um, they will still have travel restrictions. I read today that they basically have to go to their, like, their hotel room. They can't leave. Like You can't have friends or family like come and, and visit you. Um, so there's a lot of restrictions on on these players and, and even coaches that don't, don't get vaccinated. So there is sort of an incentive. But at the same time, again, they are adults. They can make these choices themselves. All the Vikings can do is give these guys as much information about everything as possible, and then they can do what they do, and they'll, they'll figure things out from there. But I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, Elliot, but do you think that the Vikings, you know, if they head into the season with some notable names still, like Thielen and, and Harrison Smith still unvaccinated, could it have a significant impact on their chance for success next season, especially since they would have to quarantine just by being exposed to the virus? I think it could. Yeah. Just because it's like with all the rules that you had mentioned there, it just sounds like so much more of a headache mm -hmm. than, you know, getting jabbed, get the vaccine in like millions of other people are doing. And uh, yeah, it, I feel like it could play a part in it at the same time, as you did mention, it, it is their decision, right? I, no one can tell you what to do, especially as a full grown adult, you, you make the decisions that you feel are best for you. Um, but yeah, it, it is something to be concerned about, especially if they were to, let's say, miss a game because they do have COVID mm -hmm. and that's going to start, you know, raising eyebrows and having people frustrated for sure. I'm sure no one would, none of the people that are like, it's their choice that are saying that now would complain if, if they miss the game. I'm sure none of those people would say, have anything to say about mm -hmm. that later. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, because you know, that's just how things go. Um, but yeah, I mean. You're you're in Canada, right? How are oh, how yeah. are things? I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not following the news in Canada. Sorry, uh, no worries. <laughs> um, how are how are how is like the vaccine stuff going on up there? Are they rolling it out kind of like the U.S. is, where like you can just make an appointment whenever and and go and get it? Is it like that now, or is it more kind of as need basis or what's going on up there? So it's kind of interesting because. I think they lead most countries or all the countries, something like that in like the first dose vaccines, like percentage per Canada? or per capita or something like that. Yeah. It's something like that in the first dose. And uh, they've pretty much established, like there are walk-in clinics where you can just walk in, yeah. get your jab, move on with your day. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I don't, yeah, obviously you mentioned it. You don't follow the uh, Canadian <laughs> news cycle here, but in Alberta <laughs> to convince the population to get vaccinated, they have this like million dollar lottery thing. Oh, they did that in California. I live in California. They did that. For, like, oh, right on. Yeah. Right so on they established right that over there as well. There's like three, $1 million prizes to get everyone uh, with, I think they wanted 70% of their yeah. first dose. That way then they would just drop all the restrictions yeah. and move on with their life. Yeah. I mean, they, 
people complain about maybe that people doing that stuff, giving people incentives, but they do that for like blood drives and stuff all the time, and, and no one has a problem. They're like, you can get a free coupon for a cheeseburger or whatever if you if you donate blood or whatever. Mm-hmm. I see those all the time, but yeah, I'm just curious to see how how things are going on up there because I think you know, down down here it's pretty readily available. We just have to set up an appointment. Obviously, um, it could cost. No, actually, I don't think it costs any money. Um, I'm just, I was thinking of healthcare in Canada and and the United States. That's a whole nother podcast. We don't need to get into that. And everything's uh, free up here. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. My my dad has dual citizenship, so I'm I'm very familiar with all the Canadian policies and and niceness up there. Toronto, great city, by the way. I've been there. It's good stuff. Um, nice. Not sure if you're a fan or or anything, but I like you it there. Rivalries. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's. It is. It's part of our life today. The guys can get the vaccine. They cannot do it. I feel like Mike Zimmer's trying to do the best he can to get his guys because he knows that the more you know guys that have it, then he's not going to have to worry about them randomly missing a game because you know Kirk Cousins has to sit out because of COVID. You know who's who's starting at quarterback? Is it Kellen Mond? Is it Jake Browning? Is it Nate Stanley? And then you know what if that game is like at the end of the season when you're in a playoff hunt and one, one game matters. And then, mm-hmm. you know, these are the things that coaches have to work, especially Mike Zimmer. He's going into a year where if they don't make the playoffs, he might be gone. So he's got, he has a lot of incentive to get these guys to get vaccinated. But like we keep saying at the same time, these guys are adults. They make these choices. And just like, you know, with anything else, if you, if you make a choice, there could be consequences if you don't wear a seatbelt. You know, you're an adult. You have that choice. You don't have to wear a seatbelt if you want. Oh, you, it's the law, um, mm-hmm. but you have that option. And if you get in a car crash, that's the that's the consequence. I'm not trying to compare COVID and, and car crashes, people, before they jump on my back. But that's, I'm just trying to think of something similar. But I think that's a, enough. We can talk about the vaccine. I I don't want to get make this the vaccine podcast and people you know message me on Twitter like oh. God. I'm already, people are already mad at me today for posting random stuff about, you know, fun oh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, but that's going to do it for us, Elliot, today. Uh, where can people follow you on Twitter? Yeah, so my name is uh, Elliot Knopp on there. It's just E-L-L-I-O-T-T-K-N-O-P-P. Um, I just like to keep it simple, you know, keep my name that way. You can find me really easily. So I'm sorry, you pronounce your name Knopp? It's German, yeah. It's fine. Everyone okay. gets it wrong, right? So I'm sorry. I should have so. <laughs> I should have asked you beforehand because I just assumed it was not because that's why I've I've seen. I feel like I've seen it before, but Elliot Knopp. There we go. And also check out he writes for us here at the Viking Age. So make sure to go check out some of his stuff up on the site. Does uh, great work. Um, and then make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and subscribe to the podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. But until next time, we will talk to you later. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. 
Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.